this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Well, it's Easter, and uh, we've been praying about this. We have some times that we focus on at the beginning of the year that we pray specifically about as a team, and it's always not just Christmas and Easter, but all the times that we have larger groups of people that come and associate with our family. You see, church is family. Two people are awake. Church is family. Church is family. And the scriptures tell us that the Lord takes the solitary, which means one, and puts them in a family. So if you don't understand that church is family, you can think that you just belong to your family. But he takes the solitary and he puts them in the family, which means that you're called to be with a family, not just go to church on Sunday. Did I start too strong, everybody? That's what you're called to do. So find a family. If we're not your family, then find a family because you cannot fulfill your destiny without being in a family. So that's out of the way, Christy. We got that, we got that handled. Um, so I'm sorry, but as a pastor, I just, I, I want to see the best out of every person. I, I, dr- I dream that for you. I pray that for you. And I know that the Lord said, the only way that you can get the best out of yourself is to be attached to a family. And, uh, and so, like I said, if this is family for you, that's awesome. If it's not, I'm not offended, because I'm unoffendable, right? Um, we've, those of you who have been traveling with us for the last six weeks, we have to be unoffendable people. And today we're actually going to talk about one person who can honestly say in their whole life they were not offended. Can anybody else in the room say that? You've never been offended? Never once, never offended. I just, I've lived my whole life unoffendable. Well, my hope is that today you're going to find a key to live the rest of your life unoffendable. Is that something you want? I mean, I can just sit up here and read the resurrection story and we can just move on and come back next week. Or I can actually give you some truth that will actually probably sting. It'll probably hurt a little bit because we've all been offended with people. But it will also hopefully give you freedom because when the Lord cuts you with truth, the coolest thing happens, it's an automatic healing as you get cut. And so this morning, my prayer has been all week and even the weeks prior to this that today you'll be cut, but you'll walk out of here whole, whole. Anytime Jesus met anybody in the scripture, he didn't just heal their physical problem or their mental problem or whatever. He didn't just heal that. He didn't just deliver Mary Magdalene of all the demons. That wasn't just what he did. He made her whole. She desired to be with him. She gave up everything to be with him because of what he did for her. And my desire for you this morning is that you encounter the Jesus that can heal your brokenness this morning and that you desire to be with him, which is the evidence of being whole. If you don't have a desire to be in your constitution, you don't have a desire to be in this word, then my my plea to you this morning is do not leave this place without finding wholeness in Jesus Christ we would never have had the tomb if it wasn't for the cross and we have to understand that it's because of that that we have freedom and wholeness in our lives we celebrate today the resurrection but we would have never had the resurrection without the cross and we never would have had the cross with an offended Jesus because he never would have fulfilled his destiny Now, we've been talking here about offense for the last six weeks. We see major breakthrough. I was at a meeting this week um, with leaders, and, uh, and, you know, we sit around and talk about what God's saying in this hour. You know, pastors talk about that stuff. um, One of the the people said, so what have you been teaching on? I said, the most amazing thing, offense. (laughs) And they laughed, like, offense is like the most amazing thing you've taught about? Yeah, we can teach about money, we can teach about sex, we can teach about all that stuff, but... It seems to me that everyone has offense in common. And so when we talk about offense, there's no one in the room that's exempt from that. Even the smallest ones aren't 
exempt from that because they can be offended at their parents. And so as we've been teaching on offense, we've seen major breakthrough, not just in this house, but we've seen it in other people all around the country and even in our region that have gotten free from offense. Now, for those of you who haven't been journeying with us, you wonder why in the world is he walking around with a mousetrap? Well, offense, the root word of offense is scandal on. Okay, you get the word scandal from that, but um, it actually means trap stick. So the, the actual mouse trap is not the offense. It's the trigger that's the offense. So when you're offended, you actually set the trap for you to be caught up in all different kinds of things that will kill you. And so when you're offended, you begin to walk around the earth. You become offended. That means a tra trap is set. And you walk around the earth. And you have to carry it a little differently than what I was carrying it a second ago. Because I value my fingers. The problem is we have a church. We have a, a population all around the world. And mostly a lot around here. That people are walking around not just with one of these. Maybe it's an offense at the pastor. Maybe it's an offense at your spouse. I don't know what it is, but the trap's been set. The problem is, is that many people don't just carry around one, they carry around two. And now their hands are full and they can't be productive in the kingdom because their hands are full with offenses. And then some people have backpacks full of them. But when the trap is sprung, bitterness comes, brokenness comes, and we become dead in the kingdom now pastor robert are you saying that we we die we we don't go to heaven no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying you become infertile non-productive non-fruitful in the kingdom and that's not our call so the enemy wants you to set the trap in every relationship that you have he wants the trap set so that you become non-productive in your marriage, you become non-productive in your family, you become non-productive in your workspace, you become non-productive in everything that he's called you to do because we know that when you're offended, you cannot be productive. So Jesus came to the earth. We all know this and I'm gonna go quickly, but uh, for those of you who haven't been journeying with us, Jesus came to the earth and he was the tip of the spear of bringing the kingdom of heaven to this earth a whole new realm. And if you're born again this morning, you're a part of that realm more than you are about the natural stuff. And so when he came, we would think, okay, he's God and he's man, and so he, he may not actually encounter offense. We might think that. But it says in scripture that Jesus was tempted as we are, yet without sin. So was he able to be offended? Yes. But offense is this interesting thing and it's not something that people can put on you. It's something you have to pick up. And so Jesus was tempted, yet without sin. He never picked up offense. Because if he would have, you'd have been able to look at his life and you would have seen unfruitfulness instead of fruitfulness. And so today what I wanna do is I wanna journey through a couple places where Jesus was tempted to be offended and you might find yourself in these scriptures. In fact, if you're awake, you're going to. And what does that mean? That means that if you see yourself in that scripture and you've been offended, the Lord has a plan for you to get rid of that offense because he was able to overcome and not pick it up. And so he has a plan for you to become unoffendable. And I believe that the church in this hour, the bride that is supposed to be clean and pure for the bridegroom to come, the church that he's looking for upon the planet is an unoffendable church. So Psalm 119, 165 says this, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So right off the bat, David says this, If you love the word of God, and you're in the word of God, and you're consuming the word of God, something in your body changes, something in your spirit changes, so that you become unoffendable. So, my question is, because I've been offended, and we talked about that last week. I had two and a half pages of people I had to go deal with. How many of you did your homework? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So for those of you visitors, pause for a second. I'm not talking to you. 
But for those of you who are actually in this house and that was your homework, if you didn't do it, probably why you're not productive. Sorry, but I have to be your pastor. Until we clear out the offenses in our lives, we will not be productive in the kingdom. And I think it was pretty simple, three questions. Okay. Jesus lived his life as we do on the earth, yet without sin. Yet without sin. And we have the opportunity and the availability through the Holy Spirit to live on this earth yet without sin and yet without offense. But there's some things we have to do. So before Jesus actually went into ministry, so he's baptized, Holy Spirit comes upon him, and it says the Spirit led him into the wilderness. Turn with me to Matthew 4. And I'm going to read. We're going to read a lot today, so hang on. Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. What was he tempted about? Well, you can have your own thoughts on that and probably right because he was tempted about a lot of things but I'm going to highlight for you something that the Lord showed me and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward he was hungry how many of you are hungry after 40 day fast yep I don't think I would have settled for an apple though or anything like that I would have had to have a feast but anyway what happens now when the tempter came to him how many of you has the tempter come to you just raise your hand because he's been with all of you probably this week he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Somebody who's hungry, bread might be a good deal. But Jesus answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus always responds with scripture. It's amazing. We need to get that in our spirit and respond to the devil with scripture when he talks to us. Then the devil took him up to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you and in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus replied and said, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up to an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall not worship the Lord your God and him only. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. If you are the son of God, the, the devil loves to use your destiny against you. If you are the son of God, is what he said. The, the enemy, before Jesus' ministry actually began, used his destiny, the destiny of the cross, the destiny of the grave being open and him walking out in freedom so that we all have freedom. He used all of that that was to come in the next three and a half years. He used all of that in this statement to get him to be what? Offended at his calling. Offended at his destiny. Because if Jesus was offended at his destiny and he began to question it, he never would have accomplished it. And so there's many people in, that are Christians that have been Christians for a long time or a short time that come into contact with the tempter. And in the contact with the tempter, he begins to talk to them about their destiny and he begins to get them to doubt and even be offended that God would even ask a poor guy like me. Immediately in that moment, you've disqualified yourself and you will not be fruitful in that until you get rid of it. And so many people's ministries have been aborted because they have gotten sucked into offense that the enemy has tempted them with. And we have an example of Jesus who used scripture to say, no, 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 this isn't how it works. I'm called to be here to accomplish something on the earth and you're not gonna slow me down. Is that how you've responded to the tempter when he's come to you? He tries to get Jesus to deny his calling three times. And he rose victorious from those three times. When we take up offense, we sacrifice our fruitfulness. We've talked about it for many weeks over weeks. That when we take up offense, we become fruitless 
in our ministries, we become fruitless in our marriages, we become fruitless in our relationships, we become fruitless in the kingdom of God. So my question is for you, looking at this first picture of what Jesus walked through, even before his ministry ever began, has the tempter ever came to you and said you're not good enough for what God's called you to do? If that's you this morning, then what was your response? You see, there was a time in my life whenever there was lots of stuff happening, and I knew that God had called me whenever I was young to do some great things. And whenever I was in those situations, I thought, I'm not good enough for this. I'm not, I'm not prepared for this. I'm not okay with this. And it slowed my life down. Because essentially what happened was I became offended at what I didn't think I was called to, even though I was called to it. So that may be you this morning. Maybe you've been called to this, this ministry. Maybe you've been called to just be a great business owner. Maybe you've been called to be a great uh, student. Or maybe you've been called to be a great teacher. Whatever it is. Are you offended at that calling? Because my guess is if you are offended at that calling, you've never even taken a step toward it. Because offense will make you fruitless. We have to be aware that the enemy will use our divine calling as our first attack because it's the most potent thing you have. You see, each person in the room, you've been created to be on the planet for this moment. I was in a meeting this week talking with other pastors and it became super intense. I mean, the Holy Spirit was moving. Things were just happening. Ministry was going on. And we were standing outside the, the restaurant at the end and the Holy Spirit just came upon me and, and I just felt that I had to tell each of them personally by standing in front of them and looking them in the face that God looked down through the annals of time, all of eternity past, all of eternity future, and he said, I trust you in this hour to be a leader in this region. I trust you in this hour to be a leader in this region. Do you feel like it sometimes? Maybe not. But he looked through all of history and he said, this day... Easter Sunday of 2022, I trust you to be in the pulpit. I trust you to lead your congregation. I trust you to lead this region. That's what we have to hook on to. So the enemy will try to stop you before your calling actually even begins. So some of you are stuck in a cycle and you don't know why you haven't achieved what you feel you're called to achieve. It's, we've got to check our heart for offense. We may be offended that God even wanted to call us. So turn with me to Matthew 13. We're going to hang out in Matthew for a while today. Matthew 13, verses 53 to 58. Now maybe, maybe you've accepted your divine calling. You know what you're called to do. You're actually walking in your calling. And as you walk in your calling, you've been stunted in your growth. Maybe you've even been offended with your assignment. Jesus walked through this, and he has the answer for you if you're offended in your assignment this morning. Now, it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. And when he had come to his own country, say his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished. And they said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Somebody say that about you lately? Come on. Yes. People say, wow, they're so smart. That's amazing. Where'd that come from? It's not us. In fact, I have a pastor friend in Florida that I call all the time, like we're on the phone multiple times a week, and he just continues to say, you thought that was your idea, but it's actually the Lord's, so give it up. <laughs> it was a really good one. <laughs> Couldn't have been me. Anyway, verse 55. Is this not the carpenter's son? If you're walking in your assignment, there will always be somebody who tries to pull you back by the moan through the crowd I understand that you know that you're probably seeing faces right now people that have tried to hold you back from what you're called to do maybe even with the best of intentions but they've held you back so how did they hold Jesus back Jesus is giving them wisdom from heaven and they know it isn't that amazing they even know it it's it's from heaven this is amazing stuff and then they say, somebody, I, I just picture this sometimes. Do you ever get into scripture and like just see it? I see Jesus up there just giving the word, man. It's just the most amazing stuff. And the revelation that's coming to them and some goofus in the back stands up and says, isn't that 
carpenter's son. What happened in that moment? The anointing left. The anointing left. Because people stopped seeing him as the one who was bringing truth and wisdom from heaven and they started seeing him as a little carpenter's kid. Your expectation of who Jesus is will determine your revelation that you can receive from him. If you see him as the carpenter's son, good luck. You'll find out that he was a fine man. You see him as the king of kings and lord of lords over your life, you'll get access to the whole kingdom. Your perspective makes a difference. Is that not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Aren't they all at our level? Where then did man get did this man get all these things? They were so blind to his assignment. They were so blind to his assignment. There are people in your life that are blind to your assignment and they will say things that will eliminate your anointing for a moment or it could eliminate your anointing forever if you're offended. So verse 57, I love that throughout scripture and throughout Jesus's ministry, this word continues to pop up and I never saw it. I guess I just read over it, I guess, I don't know, but the Lord is highlighting it. It says, so they were offended at him. But I have a question for you. If someone is offended at you and they make it known, how hard is it not to pick up an offense against them? So, these people watching Jesus give everything that he had, they, they lose, the anointing is broken because of person who speaks up and it says they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now how, and so now he did not do many works there because of their unbelief. Offense will limit your belief and in turn limit your miracles. Offense in your heart will limit your beliefs and in turn limit your miracles. So have you ever been a place when you were doing the right thing, you felt like the anointing was all over it and somebody spoke up and tried to pull you back to before you were anointed with the Holy Spirit. Maybe they were offended at you. Did you pick up an offense against them? I don't know if anybody else has seen any, yourself in any of these. If, if not, I mean, I, I hope you are because the Lord's gonna give you some keys here in a second. Then it says, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. I've seen it time and time and time again. People called into their destiny, people called into their ministry and their assignment, and somebody under their own roof, somebody under their own roof says, you're not worthy. You know how hard it is not to be offended at that one? You have to see them every day. That's a tough one. That your family can actually stop you from actually receiving your assignment? Get out the forgiveness and break that off. Because some of the hardest places to minister, some of the hardest places to actually see breakthrough, some of the hardest places to actually see people come to know the knowledge of Jesus is in your own family. And it's very easy to get offended with that. Because you're hearing the Lord and he's telling you what to do and then you get no, 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 it gets all frustrating. You see, offense with family is one of the cornerstones of broken people in the church. I'm gonna repeat it, because only three people got that one. Offense in the family is one of the reasons why we have broken people in the church. Believe me, I've talked to you for the last six weeks. We've had coffee, we've had lunch, too much. Living without offense in your family can be a very difficult and challenging thing and something that you have to check your heart every morning. Is there a fence in there? Oh yeah, there is. I gotta take care of that. Lord, I hand this offense to you so that you can take care of it because I cannot live in a place of offense with my family. Now, you can put a lot of people in that picture. I'm not gonna name them because the Lord's already given you people. If I start naming them, you'll start thinking what I think about 
And that's not good. You just need to think about what the Lord is showing you about people that may be holding you back from what God's called you to do. Now, is that a bad thing? Like, they, they got your best interest in mind. But the best interest in your mind almost had Jesus not go to the cross. So Jesus not only lived these things, he saw them in his own family. He was rejected in his own city. The enemy was coming after him to stop him from his destiny, all of which surrounds his life with offense. And we say, oftentimes I read the scripture and I'm like, wow, that was amazing revelation. The red words in the Bible, I, I dare you to take the red letter challenge. The red letter challenge, just start in Matthew and read every red letter until they stop. Okay? Just skip over the black letters if you want. Just do the red letters and read what Jesus said. That's the core of what we believe, okay? And so, so he's, oftentimes I read those red letters and I'm like, wow, that was tremendous revelation. I need to get this in my head. I need to get this in my head. But sometimes I, I've actually thought like Jesus didn't even walk that road. So this had to be from the father, right? This had to be a revelation from the father because he didn't walk that road. So man, now I really respect it. But when there's something that you know that Jesus experienced and then he addresses it, I think we need to pay attention. So turn with me to Luke 17. So we're in the third gospel, Luke 17. And I'm going to start in verse 1. Then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come to you. Okay. So this is the man who lived a perfect life on the earth, who is tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. And he tells his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses will come toward you. Why do I believe that so strongly now? Is because when you read through scripture, he had a chance to be offended every single day, yet without sin. And so he tells his disciples, listen, I've walked this road, you've walked with me, and you have seen the opportunities that I've had to be offended, and I'm saying, it's going to come. Now, I believe that the disciples sometimes were actually offended for Jesus. Can you imagine the conversation in Nazareth whenever he goes there and they sort of spit on him, you know? They're like, oh, we don't want your miracles, right? And then they go walking down the street to the next city, dusting the, and taking the dust off their shoes, and they're like, we're going on. Can you imagine the talk of the disciples? Like, did you see that? Like, they just humiliated Jesus and, like, we're offended at that because he doesn't deserve that. Then you read scripture and you find out there were times when they were not fruitful. I'm wondering if they carried offenses that were actually meant for Jesus and they picked them up. And they carried those offenses through their life and they became impotent in their walk. And then things happened like denial. Maybe you're carrying an offense that was actually meant for someone else, but you care about that person. And so you think that you're the savior, so you carry their offense for them. And then you become fruitless, and they go off and be fruitful, and you're wondering, why in the world am I stuck? Well, because you picked up an offense that wasn't for you. Okay. Jesus had many profound teachings. And this one, he said, pay attention Pay attention. So if he tells his disciples, the core of his ministry team, pay attention because offenses will come to you, then I'm telling you this morning, offenses are coming to you. Maybe they're happening right now. The disciples, I believe, carried offenses that were meant for Jesus, and they missed some of the opportunities that they were able to minister because of it. So let's keep reading. But woe to him through whom they come. Now we've talked about how offenses work. We can nurse them. You get offended at somebody and then I just keep it close here. And I'm just going to nurse it because someday I might need to get back at them. Meanwhile, it's killing you. But, you know, save that for revenge, right? It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If you're spewing offense to other people, it would be better for you that a millstone be hung around your neck, thrown into the sea. I don't think that that ends well. Verse 
Why? Then that they should offend one of these little ones. If you're, if you're offended and you nurse it, and then you go and you, you, you just rehearse it in your mind, and maybe even you dream about it, and then you start to spew it out to other people, that's what he's talking about. Because offenses that stay in you become out of you because you can't contain it anymore. It makes you toxic. So then you got to go tell somebody else how the pastor made you upset. And then they become offended at the pastor. They didn't even hear what I said. And then they become offended. And then they tell somebody else. And then that's how churches split. Can we be honest here? So what happens? Take heed yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Well, Jesus is pretty clear. If there's a repentant heart, you become whole. Okay? Verse 4. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. (sighs) That's a lot. That's a lot. Now, I want to take you back in scripture to where Jesus said, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, do it all in my name. Greater things will you do than I've done. When you read that, I see that that is like accepted by the disciples. They start to go run and try to do it, right? And then some of them fall and some of them are good. But I want to read you the next statement because they didn't say this statement whenever he said, go heal the lepers, cleanse the sick and do all that. No, this next statement they said whenever he said, forgive your fellow man seven times. Listen to what they say. Verse five. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So you can go and heal the leper, cleanse the sick, raise the dead, do all that. And they didn't believe that they needed help with faith. But when it comes to offense with a brother, Lord, give me more faith. Come on. I'm telling you, there's an anointing in the room right now that this will set you free. If you believe in the calling of God upon your life to go heal the, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, do all that stuff, and you can do that without asking God for more faith, why were they asking? Because it's not fun, it's not easy to tackle offense with your brother, but if you do it, you'll be free. So there's people that have literally walked around for decades that have done nasty things and have spread offense and have broken things in the kingdom of God and let's keep reading because it's just so good. Sorry. So what did Jesus say? Remember we're doing the red letter thing. If you have faith as a mustard seed, he didn't say you don't have faith as a mustard seed. That's interesting. So they have a measure already. Galatians tells us how much. We'll get there. But they have faith already. You can say to the mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted by the sea, and it will obey you. We like to read that stuff, you know, the mountain into the sea thing. And which of you, having a servant plowing and tending sheep, will say to him once he has come in from the field, come at once and sit down to eat? Oh, this is good. But he will not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterward you will eat and drink. So he's saying here that you have a measure of faith, so don't ask me for more because you've already got it. We're going to read what that is in a second, but this is an interesting topic that Jesus corrects about offense. The the master is not supposed to become the servant and let the servant eat first because that's not the order of assignment. There's many people that have walked away from their kingly calling to become a servant and they've missed the destiny that God has for them. And there's other people that are called to be servants right now. This may offend you. I'm just giving you the warning. There's many people that are called to be servants in this season, but they want to be the king, so they never serve, and they just want to be served, and they lose their destiny. So we got to have that lined up. Now, Jesus, he came to serve mankind with a towel and not a crown. So you're saying... Well, then we are supposed to serve. Yes, we're supposed to serve our, our fellow man, but there are certain assignments in which we're called to be kings. Just have to clarify. Does he thank the servant because he did these things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, when you have done all those things which are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. We have to understand that Jesus came to serve the community. 
He came to serve people in love that came from another realm. And if you serve people with love that came from another realm, then you will be successful. He wasn't saying that they didn't have faith. Let's just go there now. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's not our faith, people. (laughs) It's not our faith. So we have to understand that Jesus came and he had one quality that I think will free you this morning. Now we say that he's the unoffendable king. He's the unoffendable savior. Amazing we understand that. But what made him unoffendable? What was the characteristic of Jesus' life that he could walk through all these offenses without picking any of them up? He had no expectation on anyone. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to free you this morning through the power of the Holy Spirit because I want, I want you to think about all the offenses that you've had, even the ones you've written off your paper. All the offenses that you've had have come from misdiagnosed or unfulfilled expectations. I'm going to repeat that. The second time it'll, we'll, get a, we'll get a cheer because it, it freed me knowing this. The offenses that you have carried throughout your life have come from unrealized expectations. When your wife doesn't do what she's supposed to do, when your husband doesn't do what he's supposed to do, it sets you up for offense because the expectations aren't met. And I guarantee you, if you talk to any any divorce attorney, it's all because expectations weren't met. I guarantee you that if you go to every church split that's happened in the last 25 years, it's because unmet expectations. Create offenses. Set the trap. Once the trap is set, I gotta watch my finger. Once the trap is set, death comes, and with death comes unfruitfulness. Because dead people don't produce things. So, Jesus walked the planet, this same planet that you're on. Now, we can go to Israel together and we can walk where he walked if you want. But I'm just saying, we have to understand that he walked the same planet, the same earth that we walk. He walked it, and he had no expectation about anybody. Because he knew if he had expectations about Peter, he would be set up for offense. Peter, you will deny me. Oh, no, 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 I'll die for you. If you carry expectations on human people, you will be offended because they cannot fulfill your expectations. So Jesus walked the earth and he went to Nazareth and he said, listen, I'm here to bring the best that I have for you. You're my people. And they walked away from everything that he had and if he expected them to accept him, he would have been offended. But he didn't. He was in the wilderness being tempted by Satan and if he would have expected that Satan would give in or apologize for doing it, he would still be offended. There's one person in reading the whole account because I've read it over and over and over this this month. In In the last 48 hours of Jesus' life, there's one person that Jesus had every human right to be offended with. And it was Judas. Judas who walked with him, who was his financial dude, who was with him all along, who sat at the table, who sat at the table and Jesus served him. If he had an expectation of Judas repenting, He'd have been offended. So my question for you this morning is, maybe you've been offended 
And maybe in the last six weeks, you've dumped it here at the altar. And the cleaning crew did an amazing job because it's all gone. Maybe that's you. Or maybe you haven't even started the process because you didn't do the homework. Or maybe it's you that you're here for the first time and you're like, Pastor Rob, I know. And I'm going to tell you, I've, I've sat in meetings in the last month where people didn't even know anything about what I was preaching. And we just started talking and they ask questions about what I'm doing and I can't stop talking about it because I believe it's the one thing that holds the church back. It's the one thing that splits churches. It's the one thing that keeps people from their destiny. It's the one thing that locks your, your anointing inside of you is offense. And so I just start to spew out offense stuff, you know? And I start talking about offense and how it's affected my life and how I've gotten free from it and how people in this house have gotten free from it. And we begin to talk about it and then they begin weeping at the table and begin spewing out all the dirt and all the stuff that has them offended. And then they become fruitful in their life. Is that you this morning? Do you have unmet expectations with some other person in the room? That's the birthplace of your offense. Do you have unmet expectations in your marriage? Do you have un unmet expectations in your family? Do you have unmet expectations in your job? Do you have unmet expectations anywhere in your life? That is the cheese of the trap. So when you start to have unmet expectations or expectations at all about people, I want you to start to smell cheese. Because when you start to smell cheese, the offense is already set. And the snap is about to happen if you pick it up. You see the bitterness that's in some people in this hour about what's going on in the world? It's not just about what's going on in the world. It's that that offense is added on to the other offense. And maybe you have an expectation of what the world should look like and it's not happening. You can be offended. So Judas betrays Jesus for some silver coins. And there's some people in the room who are like, yeah, silver coins. Some of you will get that tomorrow. Anyway, um, he's, he, 50 pieces of silver. He, he betrays Jesus. And, and Jesus has every right to be offended with him. But because he didn't have the expectation upon a human being, he was only listening to what the Father said. He continued on in his mission. You see, some of you have been offended in your life and you've stopped your mission. You've stopped. And I'm here to tell you that the plan was never for you to stop. The plan was for you to push on and push on and push on and do what he called you to do, even if the climate isn't right, even if it means that you're hanging on a pole. It doesn't matter. There's Christians in our past that have done everything that God has told them to do and they never stopped. They never got offended. Why? Because they didn't have expectations about people. They had expectations about a savior. So if you're gonna have expectations, know that the expectations about people are the breeding ground for your offense. If you have expectations about God, it's a breeding ground for miracles. You choose. You get to choose. Do you, want, do you want to live a life carrying around 75 of these? Already set? Wondering where to step, what to say, and you're all bound up because you don't want to move because I might set them off? Or do you want to be free and be able to carry them around because there's no offense and it's not going to hurt me? That's what I want. I don't even want to carry them around. So if we understand that Jesus had the heart of a servant and he had no expectations about the people that he was with, he was just on mission for what God had called him to do, we can see the key to living an unoffendable life. The question is, do you want it? Do you want to live an unoffendable life? Do you want to live a in a place where no one, no, no one can say anything, no one can do anything to stop what God has called you to do? because of offense. That's what I want. That's what I want for every single person in the room. Everybody watching online. I want you to live an unoffendable life. And Jesus said, this is the beginning of the plan. Don't expect things from human beings. Just expect things from dad, because he's really good. And when he says to go do something, you go do it, and I'll take care of you all the way along the way. Will it cost you something? Probably. 
but you'll be safe. You'll be taken care of. He's not safe, but he's good. It's impossible for you to be offended with me or anybody else if you don't have expectations. I want you to get it in your soul today. Get it in your soul. Have you ever made this statement? Try to make it really real for you this morning. Have you ever made the statement they should have known better? I expected more out of them. Yeah. You've set yourself up to be offended because you're expecting something from a human when we're only supposed to expect things from our Father. Some of you are bound up in your life this morning because you've expected an apology from someone who hurt you and they're never going to give it to you. And you're offended. Maybe they're still alive, maybe they're not. But they're not going to give you an apology no matter what. So I can do your funeral and we can talk about how you lived a life and your family says, man, there was this one thing that held them back. Uncle Joe didn't apologize for what he did. And the whole life, their whole life, their whole life they lived unfruitful because of this thing that happened and they were waiting for an apology and he never did. They're not going to. Okay? They're not going to. If Jesus was waiting for an apology from all the people that could have offended him, he'd still be waiting. So we have to be mature people and understand that people are broken. And that I have to deal with this. I have to deal with this brokenness so that I can then move on. They may be stuck, but I'm going to move on. And that's what Jesus did in his hometown. They may be stuck, but I'm moving on. Is that you this morning? Is that you this morning? Would you stand? I'm going to have the team come up. If you've been offended, if you've had expectations and you've been offended this morning, sometimes it's because you've tried to be the master when you're supposed to be the servant. You say, Pastor Rob, what does that look like? Well, if you're offended because you had expectations of people, then maybe it's because you tried to control the situation as the master and not just serve them. Yes? Anybody? When we try to control situations, we actually break the system because we're supposed to serve people. We're supposed to love people. We're supposed to have an encounter with people that we're relying on the Lord to bring the revelation through. That's what we're called to do. And so my question for you this morning, if you, just, if you just rest where you are, I know this has, been a, this has been an interesting Easter. That's why I read the whole thing about the, the resurrection at the beginning because I knew that God wants you to be resurrected in your offenses this morning. He wants you to come out of the grave shouting because you're not carrying anything on you that was meant for anybody else or that was meant for you, that you're actually free this morning as he is this morning. That's what he wants for you. So my question is, is have you walked the walk that Jesus did and picked up offenses along the way? Because if that's you, then this morning I'm asking you would, you, just, would you just surrender those things so that you can be productive in what he's calling you to do? That's my question for you this morning. Will you surrender those things that are holding you back so that you can actually move on? Maybe it's something that happened in your, in your perspective, but it didn't even happen to you and you've picked it up. I was talking with somebody this week and whenever I was sitting there talking with them, they said that they were offended at a person. And I'm like, how can you be offended at that person? How, how do you know them? Like, how is that, how's that work? Well, I was around them and I heard what they did and now I'm offended. So the enemy has killed two birds with one stone because of immaturity. So I'm here to ask you this morning, if you are carrying an offense and you have expectations toward human beings, this is the time to lay them down and become free. Lay them down and become free. And so 
while they're playing and singing, I'm gonna ask you two things. Number one, if that's you, you have an offense at somebody, you have an offense at a situation that happened years ago, decades ago, whatever, would you come forward and lay it down? That's number one. And then number two, we're gonna do communion. And there's this unique thing about communion. 1 Corinthians 11 gives us some instructions. And there's actually consequences to taking communion if you're not a believer, because this is a believer's meal. And I have to do my due diligence as the pastor and make sure that whenever you take it, you have full knowledge of what can happen. So it says in verse 27, therefore, whoever eats of the bread and drinks of this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let the man examine himself so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. I'm asking you in this moment to examine yourself in two ways. Number one, are you carrying an offense towards someone, something, some event, something? I want you to come down front. And if you are not in a worthy manner, which means you haven't said to the Lord, I give you all that I am and I want you to be all that you are to me, be the Lord of my life, then I want you to examine yourself for that. And if that's you, and this is the first time you've ever heard me say that, then I've got one other verse to read to you. Because this is the coolest thing about the Lord is he wants to encounter you this morning. Romans 3.21 says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. It takes faith, but it's not yours. It's his. You just have to receive it. To all and on all who believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned. That means you're not in a worthy manner, okay? And fallen short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that comes in Jesus Christ, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God passed over the sins that were previously committed. No matter what you're standing here, no matter how many sins you've committed, no matter what torture you've done to yourself, he's already covered over that with his blood. And so all you need to do is receive it in faith that whenever I come up here and I say, I wanna give my life to the Lord, that he's actually gonna do it. That's it, that's all it takes. And so as they sing, everybody's going to pray, make an altar where you are, focus on the Lord, not on your neighbor, and I want you to examine yourself in two ways. Number one, are you offended? If you are, come forward, get it off of you right now. And number two, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, now's the time. Now's the time. Today's your day. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.